Hey everybody, welcome to the House of Bliss podcast, your favorite show you've never heard of and the internet's best kept secret. I am pumped for this week's episode. I have an absolutely dynamite, fantastic, ridiculously ridiculously awesome awesome guest for your listening pleasure this week. Um, A friend of mine, John Mark Pantana, who also happens to be one of my favorite musicians. My wife and I have been big fans of his for a few years now. And so um, if you don't know his music, we'll stop what you're doing, fix your life, jump onto YouTube or Spotify or, or whichever you listen to music on and go check it out. It is really, really good stuff. And uh, I am unbelievably excited that I actually got to uh, get this guy on my show. I had the awesome pleasure of meeting him at the tail end of last year. And we've been chit-chatting on the phone a little bit since. And getting to know him has truly been a wonderful gift to my life. This guy is so genuine in his love for Jesus. Um, And yet, as you'll hear, he also has a great sense of humor I just find every conversation I have with John Mark to be really refreshing and uh, authentic and also just completely full of the love of Jesus. You can really hear the wonder in this guy's voice. So we'll dive into that in just a minute here. But I do have two things that I wanted to bring to your attention. Uh, Firstly, as you guys know, if you're listeners of this show, Um, I stepped back from podcasting for a while so that I could go back to school and study uh, video game development. So I'm a musician and I've been looking to compose for games for a long time. And uh, some of you might have known, I actually got uh, my first big commercial gig writing music for a video game. And that soundtrack is now out. So I just created a Bandcamp account for all of my solo stuff. You guys probably know about my band, Glowing Moses, but now um, on this solo account, I'm going to be releasing all kinds of stuff because I'm writing tons of new music, like something like almost a song a week at least for different projects that I'm doing. So um, if you want to keep up with all the tunes, you can do so there. I'll put a link in the description And uh, actually, that music that you heard coming into today's episode, that was one of the songs. And if you like that, there is plenty more where that came from in the coming days and weeks ahead. Now, the second thing I wanted to bring to your attention is that I am going to be in Tampa, Florida with my good friend, Matt Spinks, who all of you guys who listen to the show are well familiar with at this point. Matt Spinks is my longtime good friend and often partner and collaborator in ministry. And we are doing four solid days of wacky, crazy, uh, juicy street evangelism. If you've ever watched videos of guys like you know, Todd White or Chris Overstreet. Um, I love doing stuff like that. There's nothing more fun to me than just like walking up to strangers and opening up a can of the power and love of Jesus Christ. But also Matt Speaks and I just have a really zany sense of humor and we love to do crazy stuff. And so who knows what kinds of things we'll try out this time. But the, what I found is If you want to reach people who do not know Jesus and would never step into a church, well, sometimes the best way to do that is to do things in a way that a lot of Christians may not find necessarily appealing. And so 
we've been throwing around funny ideas like, what if we carry around clipboards and walk around in lab coats and then tell people that we're uh, testing out a new radiation therapy, glory radiation therapy, and then ask them if they want to participate in a study to see if it heals them. Just funny stuff like that, where, you know, people usually have their guard up when you bring up Jesus, but if you can make them laugh, if you can kind of like subvert their expectations for what Jesus is like, well then after that, after they have some sort of encounter or experience, they want to know, okay, really, what is going on here? Tell me more, because I've never seen anything like this before. And so if that sounds fun or interesting to you, the call is open. If you want to learn or you just want to be around that, we're going to be in Tampa, Florida uh, from April 1st to 4th. And I will go ahead and put the link in the description to the event. It'll all be on Matt Spinks' website. So you can get all the information, you know, figure out where you're going to stay, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I would love to see you there. There's honestly nothing more fun And uh, who knows, you know, now that the world is opening up a lot more again, uh, perhaps we'll get to do a lot more fun stuff like that this year. Okay, now that all of those commercials are out of the way, I will step aside and we will jump into our conversation with John Mark Pantano. Wait, wait, I forgot. There is one more thing I wanted to mention. So I recorded this phone call uh, over Zoom with John Mark, and there's an awesome moment where he gets on his piano and starts um, just spontaneously worshiping Jesus. And then there's a point where he actually goes into a new song that's never been recorded before. But unfortunately, uh, the built-in like audio processing on Zoom just absolutely mangled the sound of his piano. So it, it pretty much ruined the recording. But thankfully, John Mark got on his iPhone and recorded another version. And so there's a, there's a moment where you might slightly notice that it switches into that recorded version, but I actually compared them back to back, and this one is just as Holy Ghost anointed juicy as it was in the moment. And so hopefully you won't notice too much and you can just enjoy. But I just wanted to throw that out there in case you're like, wait, what the heck? What was that weird like audio glitch going on there? All right, no more distractions. This is my conversation with John Mark. Well, everybody, welcome to the House of Bliss podcast. I have a very special guest for you today. Let's see if you can guess who it is. In 2002, he released his debut album, Hope Anthology, Volume 1. In 2005, he released The Song Inside, The Sounds of Breaking Down, which included the smash hit track, How He Loves. And the song was successful despite the album's independent release, and has been covered by several well-known artists within the Christian music community, including the David Crowder Band and Kim Walker-Smith. John Mark, it is really good to talk to you today. Hey, man. (laughs) That's a good, that that sounds like a good uh, bio for (laughs) the wrong John Mark. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Dude, I haven't. I haven't got one royalty check for how he loves. 
nobody nobody talked really to my knows. interns this is crazy <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't really have any people so. hold on let me look you up on wikipedia okay <laughs> <laughs> oh wait any relation to uh carlos santana i don't know how to spell your name. <laughs> yeah he's my, he's my um my mom's friends <laughs> cousins uncle <Wait>. yeah <laughs> we, we go way back okay all right <laughs> no i know uh just joking obviously um no but who i do have on the phone here is uh one of my favorite artists of recent years for sure um john mark pantana <laughs> and i'm <laughs> i've been excited to talk to you uh about some of this stuff for a while because i find honestly that christian music for the most part usually fails in one of three areas or or sometimes to be totally honest all three areas um it's music lyrics and anointing so a lot of times you know i'll find a song that is like super anointed but it's just not got a lot going on musically or maybe the lyrics are not so great or any combination of those but you are one of those like rare gems to where i absolutely love your musical style i love the lyrics love the lyrics and of course, um, you carry such a fresh and powerful anointing. Like there is some serious dank sauce on your songs. And so that puts <laughs> you squarely at the top of my uh, repeat list in our household. So <laughs> thanks for being on the show, man. That's so sweet. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> That's very kind of you to say. I love that. Um, I wouldn't be able to do any of that if it weren't for my friend carlos <laughs> <laughs> oh is he playing he he plays me, guitar on all your tracks he told me everything <laughs> yeah he told me everything i know <laughs> um before before we really dive in here um one thing i like to do on my show is i like to ask funny slash weird questions just because i'm sure you've done interviews before and uh, I like to draw out a side of people that they wouldn't necessarily get to see in other places so this ain't your like Christianity Today interview over here so um, if you don't <laughs> mind I thought we could just do a couple of like rapid fire like weird questions would that be cool I would love that let's do it <laughs> right on okay so uh, number one what is a musical guilty pleasure for you musical guilty pleasure Nora Jones. <laughs> the um, what are you talking about? Guilty pleasure. Nora Jones rules. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just sometimes when I'm like in my truck, you know, like with my boots, and then I've got like come away with me, just like blasting in my truck. It just feels like a weird vibe. But <laughs> maybe maybe I did roofing for too long. Yeah. You mean your roofing buddies uh, don't like? Oh yeah, <laughs> they would have looked down on that. I don't mean to stereotype roofers, but yeah, yeah I, I've done a little of that too, and I never once heard Nora Jones up there on the roof. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, They're a little different than their normal vibe. <laughs> um. All right. What is a strange quirk that you have? Strange quirk that I have. Hmm. Hmm. Um, probably just in my everyday life, I use a lot of weird voices and accents and randomly sing. And sometimes when I hear 
myself back. I just can't believe that that's actually what, what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get a hold of it, honestly. Um, wow, dude. So yeah. this must be God. This is God. <laughs> I just wrote down these silly questions like a few minutes ago. I'm not uh-huh. even joking you. The next question, I'll have to screenshot it and show you. The next question I have written down is, can you give us your best British accent? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, this is this is God. Like, you have to do this. <laughs> I love British accents, actually. I have affinity for British accents. I don't know if it was because I just, like, um, the first book I ever actually read all the way through, which is kind of embarrassing, was when I was 17. I read the philosopher's stone. Um, and I just read it in a British accent cause it's British, you know? <laughs> so I don't know, man. I just like love British accents. I'm not good at them. I will say. <laughs> yeah. But I do speak in them often. Oh, well, can you, can you, uh, can you share with the class? Yeah, I can share with the class. Yeah. Hmm, what should I say? Well, Hold could on, you I bust think- out some Harry Potter and, and uh, I don't. I don't really have it memorized. You don't have it in your pocket, or oh. no, it's not. You have like your it's not your version of Harry Potter. Hold on. Oh wait, I have something close by. Hold on. Okay. Can you still hear me? Yeah, can you hear you just fine? Oh wow, I'm so far away from the from my phone over there. I actually was reading this today. I was reading Narnia. Ooh, yes. That's kind of British, is it? Wait. Oh, yeah. C.S. Lewis is British. Yeah, I think. Wait. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't know that. Is C.S. Lewis British? I honestly I'm, don't I'm even 90% know. I'm 90% sure he is. Yeah, because he used to hang out. With yeah, because he was at Oxford. Over. Yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe we're wrong and everyone's going to make fun of us. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to edit this around. They're going to make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine with it. Um, P.S. I was reading like the second to last chapter in the, the line, the witch in the wardrobe today. Mm. And there was this amazing line that I literally, it's like one of my favorite things I've ever read. I never noticed it before. It's the scene after Aslan raises from the dead and Lucy and Susan are there and they can't believe that he's real because they just saw him die. And then they're so happy that he's alive that they all start dancing and playing. And then it says, this is what it says. Round and round the hilltop, he led them hopelessly out of their reach. (laughs) Now letting them almost catch his tail, now diving between them, now tossing them in the air with his huge and beautiful velveted paws and catching them again and now stopping unexpectedly so that all three of them rolled over together in a happy leafing, in a happy laughing heap of fur and arms and legs. It was such a romp as no one has ever had except in Narnia. And whether it was more like playing with the thunderstorm or playing with the kitten, Lucy could never make up her mind. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You just, it sounds very polite. Um, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. I, I, once you said romp, I just couldn't hear anything else. So could <laughs> yeah. you, if you want to read it yeah. again <laughs> in a normal No, the uh, line, voice, the line that blew me away was when they were playing, it says that 
whether it was more like playing with a thunderstorm or playing with a kitten, Lucy could never make up her mind. Oh my gosh. That's, that is awesome, man. Isn't that beautiful? Cause he's, you know, he's an infinite being of light. He's like created worlds. He's a world breather, but then he's so kind and tenderhearted and lowly. It's like, well, which one <laughs> is it like a thunderstorm or a kitten? Yeah, that reminds me of uh, when I was at Bethel and Reading for a couple of years. Um, Bill would bring up every once in a while uh, the verse that talks about rejoicing with trembling, and just kind of the 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 like in those moments where his presence is just so intense, and there's like miracle power flowing. Like you feel an intense joy, and then at the same time when you're surrounded by the supernatural and stuff that's so otherworldly, you also feel like an inner trembling. And it's, it's like a, like, you don't know whether or not to be afraid. And it's, it's not because you feel like God wants to hurt you in any way. It's just like so mind blowing that it, it almost scares you. Yeah. It's like untamed power, but he's a person and he loves you with all of his heart. You know, it's like trying to wrap your mind around those two things coming together. It reminds me of the quote earlier in the book when they're talking to the Mr. Beaver in Narnia, I'm <laughs> just back in Narnia, and they're asking about Aslan and they don't, they've never met him before. And they ask, he sounds, they're like, he sounds scary. Is he safe? And he's like, is safe? No, but he's very good. <laughs> yeah, that is a great one. Oh man. I love that. on facebook for um a couple of listener questions and cool in mine i wanted to read some of these too um, yeah let's do it that sounds fun cool some of them are some of them are a little more serious some of them are super not serious so uh we'll just take it one <laughs> okay. at a time here <laughs> yeah let's do it i'm down for whatever all right so one of them is uh water parks or amusement parks <laughs> hmm. um <laughs> Probably a water park, honestly. I I don't know. I'm, I don't like roller coasters, man. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I did. I've tried. I've tried really hard to like them. And every time I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll like it this time. And then I'm on them and I'm just like, this is the worst decision <laughs> I've ever made. Just physical pain in my stomach. And I'm just like, uh, I just can't deal with it. One time I went on a ferry go round. Like, that's not what it's called. It's like, what is that ride <laughs> where it's like a merry-go-round, but it's like vertical, you know? It's like a circle, but you're going up in the air. You know what I'm talking you mean, about? You mean the Ferris wheel? Oh, it's a Ferris <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of like a Ferris wheel, but you're sideways. Oh, okay. Anyway, I had to like, I literally was, yeah, this is super embarrassing. I don't know why I'm willfully giving this information, but I literally was like yelling at the guy to stop it because I was getting such <laughs> vertigo. <laughs> it was like there was like kids on it. 
it was like kids on the ride. So um, <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with water park. Final answer. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I didn't, do you get vertigo? Cause that is no joke. Like I, I would never, if, if, if you're feeling that kind of stuff, there's no way I would laugh at you for that. So. I, I do. Honestly, I feel like my ear crystals are messed up. <laughs> which sounds weird. Yeah. There's something going on with the inner ear, but maybe, maybe you should pray for me. Yeah, we can definitely <laughs> do that. Oh, and then uh, after you're healed, we can go on a roller coaster together. Yeah. Or, and if uh, I love it around, I don't know what a fairy go around is, but I'll find one and we'll ride on it. I don't um, think that's a thing. <laughs> Uh, all right. So next up is favorite superhero. Favorite superhero. I don't know if I have a, I don't know if I've ever decided this so far. Um, superhero. I'm obviously, my mind's right now in the Marvel universe. I'm sifting through all the characters right now in my head. Uh, there's, uh, hmm. There's Batman, there's uh, Catwoman. Wait, no, Batman's in DC, bro. I know, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Someone out there listening to this just clenched up really hard. <laughs> yeah, they were like, bro, no. Um, hmm, superhero. You know, I don't know. I'm going to go with Iron Man. He <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Spoiler alert if you didn't see it. Sorry. Maybe you should edit that out. I mean, some they should have seen it by now. It was like a long time ago. It came out. You know Iron Man dies. I'll just <laughs> I'll just bleep out your answer with like a beep and then be like, sorry guys, that was a spoiler. So we're we'll move on. <laughs> there you go. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie. Ooh. Without spoilers, please. <laughs> what if it's like 30 years old right, um yeah that's fine if it's like jaws or something yeah no it's not jaws um you know i'm just gonna i'm gonna rapid fire some movies i really like because i don't actually have a favorite movie sure i like princess bride i was homeschooled so it's a rite of passage um it's great movie. the first matrix yeah <laughs> the first matrix i i loved um Nacho Libre, <laughs> Braveheart. Those are four really good ones. The Three Amigos. Oh yeah, you know that's funny. I had uh, I had Brad Jerzak on here, and he said his favorite movie was Three Amigos. Are you serious? Yeah, totally serious. The only reason that that's one of my favorite movies is because my family was like super poor growing up, and we had like three or four VHS. Oh, which, nice for the for the young audience. <laughs> That's a movie, <laughs> but it's before DVDs. Um, the Three Amigos was one. The Jungle Book, you know, like the Disney cartoon version of the Jungle Book. Yeah. And then the Disney version of Robin Hood. Oh, yeah. Those are the three I, I remember. Um, the Matrix is in, the first one definitely is in like probably my top five too. Like every time I watch that, I feel like, I get another glimpse at kingdom realities. I love it. Well, yeah. Did you see the new one? I did not. And I don't know if I feel like it's worth going to. Would you, <laughs> did you see it? Yeah, I did. Cause it's on HBO max. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, 
I, I won't say anything because it's so new. <laughs> we can talk off the air. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're you're going to make me reach for that bleep button again. Yeah. You're going to have to do that a lot. <laughs> uh, well, before we get into any more spoilers, then we'll move on to the next one. Um, one of our, <laughs> this is like a two-part question, um, but it, it's coffee, coffee, tea, or other. And then I'll ask the next part. Coffee for sure. Coffee right on. Are you like a coffee guy or are you just like, Hey, it's coffee. It's good. <laughs> um, I would say I'm like teetering the line of a coffee guy. I worked in a roastery for like a year, but I didn't roast. I was like the, like did marketing and stuff, um, but it was just me, the roaster and the owner. And so they would do cuppings every day. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what that is? Mm-hmm, I sure do. I was, yeah. Are you a coffee guy? guy? Um, okay. Look, so when I was growing up, my dad owned a coffee shop, uh, cause he was a pastor and he had a church and we had a coffee shop. Cool. And he was super into it. So I learned to love the art. Um, yeah. But I also have three kids. And so, dude, I don't care. Like, I'll just microwave yesterday's coffee, you know? It's <laughs> okay. like a total sin for coffee lovers. But I don't, yeah. So you've got it in you, but you've, <laughs> yeah. you've come to a place yeah. where you don't have to have be bougie about it. That's basically yeah. exactly where I'm at. I've been in coffee world to where, like, if you don't bloom the pour over correctly i'm not gonna drink it (laughs) but now but also like i grew up drinking my mom's coffee which was like folgers with an incredible amount of cream and sugar which i also (laughs) absolutely love to this day yeah yeah totally (laughs) i used to go to the diner with my grandpa and it's like a it's like a secret pact i think where every diner just has the world's like nastiest (laughs) coffee that they just leave on all day and there's like a strange comfort in that for me, even though I know it's like the absolute worst. Even though it's terrible. <laughs> if you put enough cream and sugar in that coffee, it be- can become magical, honestly. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's basically just like <laughs> a candy bar with like a fake coffee flavor. But well, anyway, um, yeah. And so the second part of this question, which I thought was pretty funny, you said, um, <laughs> do you think drinking another mammal's milk is weird? Which before you answer that, I just want to point out, I think that question is a little weird just because like the implication is that it's not weird to drink a human's milk, which I think is weird if you're not under the age of like 12 months. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They don't sell human breast milk anywhere. As far as I know, I think that's illegal. I'm pretty sure. The Chobani like breast milk. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah celebrity like celebrity seller milk (laughs) it's super weird oh lord i'm not (laughs) maybe you should that line of thought any further (laughs) yeah you should actually yeah you should edit this part out for sure (laughs) um man i do not think that is weird honestly and i might think that because i don't actually have to do the milking I'm pretty disconnected from the animal. I will say though, I have a cow share, which in the state of Virginia, you have to have in order to drink raw milk because it's actually illegal to buy and sell raw milk in Virginia. I think there's like 12 or 13 states where it's illegal. Um, And there's a loophole. You just basically buy a a share of a cow. (laughs) So I get two two gallons of raw milk. in a (laughs) timeshare. (laughs) 
Bro, way cooler. Way cooler than a timeshare, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I get two gallons of raw milk every week from a farm. They deliver it to a local coffee shop. Wow. And it's actually been really pivotal in healing my gut, surprisingly. Most people think dairy is bad for the old digestive system, but I'm not going to, I could go really health nerdy right now. <laughs> um, this is your but, hour, man. So if that's what you'd like to do. <laughs> we're going to um, talk about raw milk, dang it. <laughs> we're going to talk about the benefits of raw milk. But really quick, um, I just have to ask. So it's illegal to buy raw milk in Virginia. So, and I'm just going to imagine that there's probably a bunch of like prohibition era, like speakeasies where they just serve raw milk to people. Yeah, <laughs> they're like in the alleyways downtown. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta knock with your elbow like three times, and they open a little slit yeah. door, and they're like, "Yeah, the little square in the door." Yeah, and then there's like you have to like <laughs> say the secret code, and then you go in, and it's just, it's just serve raw milk. <laughs> no, okay, but you're saying raw milk. <laughs> raw milk. <laughs> yeah, basically, I drink it a lot. <laughs> it's really good for you. Nice. Um, most people who are lactose intolerant can actually tolerate raw milk because um, it has the digestive enzyme called lecithin in it, which helps you digest lactose. Oh, okay. That's probably a Jeopardy question. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I am lactose intolerant. Um, are you really? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just ignore it. <laughs> deal with the consequences <laughs> you still drink like, milk oh yeah well no no so i don't drink milk but i like cheese a lot like uh so yeah well i should you could give raw out, cheese though. a try or raw i don't know if raw cheese has the same effect but i know that a lot of people do well with raw milk who are lactose intolerant well so, yeah you should maybe maybe this is great for you yeah this could this could be another god thing where a silly question turned into something great well uh no it's kind of interesting though my wife is a doula and like helps with natural birth and so i, I think i actually have more le lecithin or lecithin in the house than i do actual milk so <laughs> wait what because well, they use that with uh natural birth stuff but oh mind. do they that's, really yeah that's a that's an aside though that's uh we're i had no idea we're so deep in the <laughs> woods now we gotta <laughs> <laughs> we're in such a niche right now <laughs> no, there's like no five people really gonna like, care. yeah this is great but the rest of the people are like okay <laughs> anyway <laughs> okay this is this this question is from my friend ashley and if you knew ashley you would know this is definitely an ashley question but she is wanting to know she said in one of your songs you mentioned being high in 2013 and she wants to know wow. what exactly you were high on. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> um. Well, <laughs> would you like to know the exact strand? No, <laughs> Just no, kidding. no. I, she's like, she I'm totally joking. Be, she thought it might be crack. I said, I'm, I'm ninety percent sure. No, I never did hard drugs. Honestly, Marriage I was wanted, a pothead. Yeah. 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 Not. Not to be confused with Jehovah Wanna. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I listen, I did that. I was on the jazz cabbage myself in high school. And I can tell you from experience, Jesus is just a million times better than true any of that crap. So 
<laughs> the OG THC, as yeah. we say. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, the yeah. OG THC. Yeah, I'm sorry. It was bad. <laughs> no, it's, it's great, man. So this is your hour. If you want to talk about marijuana, then that's what we'll talk about. <laughs> no, I mean, no, we don't, we don't have to go into it. Yeah, I was, I, it was, I was a pothead for two years in college. So that's what I was talking about. I, yeah, and it's kind of interesting. We don't have to stay here too long, but it is kind of an interesting topic for me just because there are a lot of Christians more increasingly who are trying to advocate for like pot use. And I just, to me, like, I feel like there's negative spiritual stuff associated with it. Like, I always like feel this weird thing, or, or I did whenever I, smoke that whereas like jesus just he's such a pure like holy wonderful being that i i feel like clean and happy and alive you know when i'm Mm. indulging in the jesus juice you know what i mean whereas like it's the absolute opposite with anything else for me Mm, wow Do do you ever find that to be true that's so sweet oh yeah i mean personally i I didn't have the desire. The desire was taken away from me and I don't have the desire. There's not any pull towards smoking pot again. It was very like escapism for me. Yeah, totally. And um, to be honest, there was a lot of unresolved stuff in my emotional world that I was just stuffing and hiding from. And so it was like, yeah, like I said, it was an escapism thing for me. I've never been around people since then, like believers who are like advocating for the use of marijuana within a spiritual context. So I've never really had to even think about that. Is that pretty common, you think? Um, I, you know, I don't really know how common it is, to be honest. I just, it is something though that I encounter every once in a while. And I, I... Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of people who have made, you know, pretty good case for like some of the medicinal benefits and such, which I get, but I think to me, like most often when I encounter that there is kind of what you're talking about, which I, you know, I hate to like generalize and put a whole swath of people in a box, but generally speaking, like the desire to like smoke pot to get high or whatever I find that it is associated with a lot of like unresolved emotional issues and also exactly what you said, escapism. And yeah, man, I mean, I feel like, you know, even a lot of the stuff that is good stuff, like, um, you know, fiction or movies or whatever, like if there's a need for you to get out of where you are, um, you know, that's not a healthy desire or, but whereas like Jesus, you know, he does, he, there is a high to be had in Jesus. But what I find is that that high actually gives me a greater and deeper appreciation for like being here on this planet. You know, I feel his delight in the people I'm with and like, you know, like Jesus loves planet earth, you know, he loves being here. He loves interacting Mm. with us. So, you know, it's, it's even the opposite of a lot of like spiritual stuff in other religions where it's like, trying to take you out of this realm and into somewhere else it's kind of the opposite Mm. like he wants to be here with you he just wants to fill it with himself if that makes sense wow that's beautiful yeah 
I personally, I wouldn't put, because it's somewhat of a gray issue, I wouldn't necessarily put my conscience as a, as a rule, but totally, personally, yeah. I would say it's not something I would want to do. And I, there was, there's in the past, let's see, it was 2013. So that was eight years ago. I smoked one time after um, all that happened in the past eight years, I've smoked one time after I was a pothead, which not a lot of people know this. And I absolutely hated it, regretted it. And I like missed the control, but not in a bad, like not the bad sense of control, just in terms of like, honestly, just sober mindedness. Yeah, totally. Um, And yeah, I, I personally don't think it's a good move. Um, And it doesn't, add anything i think to my life personally and i don't feel the leading of the holy spirit (laughs) yeah yeah to do that at all like zero percent um and like you said um just enjoyment of the holy spirit and actually what i've been delving into even the past month is more of how to enjoy the lord and press into the lord and in an such a tangible way basically being filled with the spirit the verse like don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the spirit Mm -hmm. and i've been reading this book called uh the ecstasy of loving god by john crowder oh bro yeah that's an absolute classic i am honestly like i'm being so moved (laughs) by this book in new ways it has put a brand new like as a deer pants for water. So my soul thirsts for God type thing going on inside of me. Mm. And a lot of the book is about experiencing God in a way that is similar to drug use. Basically the whole book is about how like drug use is basically a crappy attempt to experience something that's available in, in the Lord in, in Christ. And as I've been reading it, I've honestly, my heart has been saying, I want to experience more of the Lord in that way, where you are basically being filled with the spirit to the point of intoxication, inebriation even. Um, And it's just so, I've just been delving into that a lot just for the past month. And there's such a sweetness of just waiting on God and letting his spirit um, be available to drink, let your soul drink in. And it is by far a much better um, holy version. I think a better version of anything that's available in terms of like a natural type substance. I think those are things are just like um, poor substitutes that are available. Yeah, that is a really interesting uh, point that you made too about um, missing the control. And it makes me think, I can't remember exactly which mystic said it, but I think I actually first read this quote in the book that you're reading right now, where he talks about uh, some, some old mystic talked about, you know, there is a drunkenness that produces temperance. Hmm. Yeah. Ring a bell. So yep. yeah, it's like what you're talking about. It's like this, this type of high 
it actually causes you to desire to to have a deeper desire for godly things and it and it mm-hmm. you don't you feel you don't feel that same sense of like out of controlness like you you feel sober minded in a sense of like i i have control over my you have the spirit the fruit i'm sorry of self control and you feel that mm-hmm. in your gear but then you also feel you know just the absolute joy and ecstasy of his spirit yeah yeah so it's funny you bring that up because that's that's honestly where i've been going i've been um trying to practice really for the first time in an intentional way engaging god's spirit in basically the way of uh contemplative prayer mm-hmm. yeah um and it's been really good i'm definitely just starting i've had i would say over the past eight years um like three or four pretty wild i would say mystical experiences with jesus but they weren't at all something i was seeking or even like had a compass for it just kind of like happened as i was like praying and just enjoying god and spending time with him the way that i normally do mm-hmm. um but yeah i just something in my heart has like been opened and softened to experience him i guess more regularly in that way and um almost somewhat of a guidebook in terms of uh, how to let my heart be open to that happening more often. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, j- just curious then, it sounds like you said having your heart softened and whatnot. So was there a fear or a, uh, or a hesitation around that kind of thing for you in the past? Um, I would say maybe yes, that I didn't necessarily know. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out if it was a f- hesitation or it might've just been that it's not something that I ever was like, I never pursued. And I still don't necessarily pursue that. Um, just like these wild experiences with God. Um, like they're few and far between. I even wrote about it in my book that we shouldn't pursue like the wild experiences. We just like enjoy Jesus. And then if he happens as we're holding his hand to take us to weird places, then we should be down. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's how I still view it. But um, I think my heart has been just softened to the fact that um, it, that can happen more than once in a blue moon. Um, I see. Basically we just give their, the space for it to happen more often. I didn't necessarily know how to do that or put language to how to make that happen. But I feel like maybe um, this book is kind of giving me language slash someone of a, like I said, a guide or a helping hand of like, Hey, you could do this to let Jesus um, encounter you in that, in that way more often. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. To me, hearing you talk about it in that way, well, first I'll, I'll say this: I I do agree with you in a sense, but I also think that sometimes people put sort of an unnecessary dichotomy between um, experiences and and Jesus. Like, you know, hmm. to 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 seek his to seek presence is to seek him. Like he is his presence. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And yeah, like your 
to me, it's not at all selfish to say like, Jesus, I want to experience you because he knows that that is the only real place that you're going to find life. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I have a billion options for where I can direct my need for pleasure, but I'm choosing him. And I'm saying, Jesus, like I need you to fill this. And I don't really see that as selfish because what are you getting in those experiences? Well, you're, you're getting him, right? So there's no shame in asking for that. Um, so, so I, I agree to a point that you don't, you don't want to get to a point where like, if you walk away, like, it's not like he owes you. So if you walk away from a time and you know, you didn't like flop on the floor for an hour, like sometimes we, <laughs> we go like, oh, well, I did something wrong or God's holding out on me. You know, it's not always like that. You, you can't really like control him but at the same time like he's the one who brought you into union with him he's the one that said in my presence there's fullness of joy you know he's the one that said i give you to drink of my river of delights you know what i mean like mm. so there yeah i don't know i just think sometimes we make a little bit of a strange sort of split between experiencing jesus and jesus the person it's like well they're all the same you know but um i love that but it you know it kind of reminds me of what you're saying with healing is a lot of times uh you know one of the biggest barriers to experiencing miraculous healings is kind of this mindset of like well you know that happens but not very often like but Mm. if, if you come with an expectancy like no this is normal well yeah then you experience a lot more so but I, I'm cu- I'm sorry I'm going on, but I'm curious. No, that was beautiful. Have, uh, thank you for sharing that. Totally, yeah. I, I'm curious if you have any specific things that you are learning from this book. You said it is acting a little bit like a map. Um, are there any principles or ideas or practices that you'd like to share that are a little more specific? Yeah, sure. So, um, even to piggyback on what you just said, I think what's been common in my like normal Christian walk in terms of like just daily spending time with God and prayer and things is I am just like being still and knowing that he's God and spending time with him and listening for his voice. Um, a lot of times what happens is like things will come to my mind and I will like cast those cares on him. It's like this dialogue, you know, and he actually talks about that. That's like the first stage of prayer. Um, and I feel like that's the most common kind of way that we engage prayer in terms of talking with God is this dialogue of casting our cares on him because he cares for us. And when you've come to a place of rest in your inner man and you've kind of released, say, worry about the future or worry about a situation, or maybe you had a fear, you know, coming at you with something with work or et cetera. It's basically our inner world, you know. And our thoughts get tied up by things in life. And so oftentimes in prayer, we're going to God and we're releasing those things to him and we're washing our minds with the truth of what's true. It's like, well, no, when I, when I follow him, he's my shepherd and I'll lack no good thing. It's like washing ourselves in the water of his word and his love. And that's like this easy kind of ongoing relational conversation that is like the life blood of a, of a, believer in the conversation that we're having with the Lord, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And 
I would say that that has been predominantly a lot of how I experience my friendship relationship with Jesus and with my pops and the Holy Spirit. And that's just kind of how I would sum up, you know, like we're having a conversation right now. It's kind of similar in that aspect of like listening, hearing, speaking, dialoguing. Um, I guess what my kind of within that context, I would say there's been a few times where I'm just so overcome by his presence and his love that it turns into um, something that's unique. That doesn't happen to me very often. That is this like um, what I would like even give language to it in a relationship would be like date night or that's, that's really common. Even more so than that is like an anniversary where there's like, we don't do this very often and that's okay, Yeah. but it was absolutely epic. And that's kind of the way I view these experiences I've had with God and uh, along the roadmap of my Christian walk is like, oh, wow, I can see as I look over my history and my relationship with Jesus, a lot of it's been simple friendship and conversating and releasing control and letting his love wash over me and, and telling him sweet nothings, you know, that's been the predominant, um, like out playing of our relationship but then all of a sudden sometimes i follow him or he he washes me with his love so much that it creates this landmark in our relationship where i was like dude that was unreal <laughs> that time that time um does that make sense yeah that to me see that that is a really good point because i think maybe the way you said it earlier i heard it a little bit more like god doesn't necessarily want to give us those things all the time but for what you're saying it makes sense like yeah there's just just naturally in any relationship there are just very special moments and that's what makes them special is that they're not necessarily like every single day yeah exactly and i i guess my heart has just been more open to like maybe that's um something the lord wants to do and encounter me more often than once every couple years or, or, <laughs> yeah. or something. I think, I think just a boyish wonder has kind of rose up in me of like, Oh, wow. I, I just want to be open to whatever Jesus wants me to, to have and to experience. And if that's um, maybe m more often than I thought that I'm, I'm so down for that, whatever it looks like. Cause I trust him. listening to Abba off the album Love Secrets by John Mark Pantana. You can find this as well as his book Love Secrets at johnmarkpantana.com slash store. Once again, the link will be in the description of this episode so you can support this awesome artist. I want to walk inside the cool of the day with simple affection. I'm found in everything you did for me and nothing more. Sometimes I make life a simple song. You mentioned earlier that uh, you felt like God was teaching you a bit about 
his fatherhood. You feel like you're hearing more mm -hmm. from Father God. Do you want to uh, elaborate on that a little? I believe I also I would love to ivory tickling happening earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I would say December of 2021. So this past month has been a really strange, like, um, I don't even know how to describe it. Basically I've been going through pretty wild new health challenges while simultaneously experiencing the Lord in ways that are deeper than I've experienced in a long time. Hmm. Um, so basically, I guess the language that I would use to describe that was, um, you prepare a table for me in the, <laughs> in the midst of my enemies. Yeah. Um, and I've been, I've been dealing with some pretty wild health probs for the past two years. Um, and had like a crazy, I guess, flare up, you would call it with nervous system stuff. And I went to this healing conference a couple weeks ago and I had just decided in my mind, I'm going to go to this thing. I'm going to get healed. I'm tired of dealing with this health problems. <laughs> so I drove four hours and I was like, I'm going to get healed. And I went there and it was amazing. And God moved and did amazing things there. And, but that night I went back to my hotel room and I was like struggling with, uh, like these nervous system problems more than normal. Mm. So I didn't get healed. And I was like in my hotel room and my neck was throbbing. And like, I, I was having this with paresthesia. It looked, feels like there's carbonated water going underneath your skin and, um, like weird, uh, back pains and like muscle spasms and just all sorts of numbness and pins and needles and stuff. And I got like one hour of sleep and then I'm driving back four hours to my hometown and I'm really discouraged and I'm, I'm, I'm praying and I'm like, Lord, like what is going on? I, I was like, I came here with expect expectancy on like your presence was so powerful and tangible there. And I know that you love me and your desire for me to be well, like what? what was the deal? Like what happened? I come out and get healed. And long story short, I guess, was I, I didn't even realize this, but somewhere along the way in that whole ordeal, I, I took my eyes off of the, the Lord as my healer and put it on a person. Hmm. And when that whole situation didn't pan out exactly how I thought I was like, um, really discouraged and in some sense lost um, a, a level of peace that I normally walk in. And I felt really anxious. And I knew the reason I felt anxious was because I was believing a lie because all like anxiety and fear, I feel like it's all rooted in some level of like believing something that's wrong. And I guess just really like kindly and sweetly, the Lord kind of like helped me. Um, organize my internal world, organize the room of my inner life. And that's when I found out, I was like, oh, wow, I really stopped looking to the Lord as my healer, as Jehovah Rapha, like I am your healing. And I, I stopped basically like putting 
my confidence in, in what the word of God says, which is what I've been doing for the past couple of years. And um, I kind of had to recenter what my focus was on. And it's been really sweet. And I don't know if it was like, cause there was correction involved or I don't really know what, but basically after the dust settled from that whole experience, there was such a tenderness and sweetness from the Lord, specifically the Lord as my Papa. And he addressed a lie that I've been believing and I had been saying, I didn't even realize that I had always said this, but he showed me that when it comes to healing, what I had been saying was, I can pray for other people and they'll get healed, but it seems like every time I pray for myself, I never, I never get touched. Mm. And I had always spoken that out loud my whole life. And it was because the experience of it was true. I had prayed for other people um, and I've prayed for other people a lot and have seen God do miraculous things through my hands. I've seen back snapping back into place in like downtown LA intersections. Um, this old veteran, I prayed for his back. He broke it in the war and it literally snapped back into pop uh, place in the middle of this crazy intersection in LA and he jumped up and down <laughs> got radically healed there was a witch doctor like like shaman on the other side of the road who I knew was over there doing weird voodoo stuff and as soon as he got healed he got terrified and bolted because it was just like the glory <laughs> fell in this downtown you know so I've seen like God do miraculous beautiful amazing healings and things um and basically the lie that the Lord addressed was that thing. Like, I can't receive any said, I don't want you to say that, but you know, you, in a lot of, a lot of ways we frame up what's true and we, we, we close doors um, to gifts that God has for us by what we believe and what we say. Yeah. And he, I started saying, that's not, that's a lie. And I'm, I'm my papa's son and I can receive from him. I receive easily from him. I receive freely and easily from him because he's, he's already given me all things in Christ and he's given me the, the land and it's all mine in Christ. And basically just changing my language and what I'm really believing in my heart of hearts uh, about that, that totally shifted and, and changed in the past couple of weeks. And um, I also heard him say very clearly, I'm your papa and I set you free. So I've just been basically as soon as the Lord said that to me, there's been this new intimacy and just Papa is rolling off of my tongue so easily and effortlessly. Whereas obviously I've known the Lord as my pops and my Abba, like the, the biggest song in love secrets is Abba. Like I, I had the encounter with the Lord years ago, you know, years and years ago, I was like, Oh, he's my dad. And that, that like, beautiful connection I have with the Lord as dad has always been the strongest connection I've had with the Lord over the past, however many years I've been having a relationship with him, but it just deepened. I don't know how to describe it. Like as soon as he said, I'm your Papa and I set you free. It's just like, I can't stop saying Papa. And in my prayers and in my songs, like everything I'm writing is just all to the Lord as my pops and my Papa. And um, there's just such a sweetness <laughs> there, even in the middle of the, the mystery, that is my journey with the health stuff. I just trust that he's good and that he's for me and he's for my good. And 
Um, he's my papa and he sets me free and he loves me. That's so good, man. You know, as I just want to interject really quick here that, um, you know, you kind of mentioned like you've had the encounter before and it might be easy to think like, yeah, I kind of get that already, but, you know, and maybe in a sense that's true, but, uh, you know, recently I've been doing a lot of just studying about God's view for children, family, what it means to be a dad. I've been looking into that a lot because I am a dad and, you know, it's something I'm grappling with, but, um, like so many of the most horrific problems we're facing in society right now is because of the staggering, like lack of dads out there. And Mm. so, you know, it really doesn't surprise me that not only is the Lord really deepening the manifestation of father through you, but also releasing songs, uh, into the world because man, there's so many people who just need to know that they have a dad that loves them. And, uh, wow. Yeah. And, and so in a sense, I think it's obviously it is for you, you know, it's like he can zoom in and he, he makes it about you. But I feel that just even as you're talking, getting a little prophetic thing here that like, you know, I really believe that it's a lot bigger than you as well. I, you know, I believe he's really setting you up with things that are going to impact a lot of people. Wow. Praise God. That's beautiful. Yeah. That reminds me of um, something I heard him say to me at the beginning of 2020, I was going through a really tough time again. (laughs) Um, And, um, I was had this irrational fear that I was like, never going to be, my heart was never going to be satisfied. And then I was like, I had this desire, basically I just gone through a breakup and I was having all these irrational fears as, as do happen pretty commonly after a breakup, irrational fears just pour in. And basically the Lord just cut through all the noise. And I heard him say, he spoke to me and he said, my son, my father of many, your heart will be fully satisfied. Mm. And that just one thing from the Lord just like cut through all of the stupid stuff. I was like believing slash was pressing on me to believe, you know? And um, that happened. And then this whole thing, I, I definitely, basically, I feel like you're just confirming basically what God, I feel like has been putting in my heart, which is having a project basically just called Papa, just dedicated to just the songs of the father, Mm. songs from the father's love, songs of affection to the father, just all centered around him as a, as as a father, as a loving pops. Um, So that could be beautiful and amazing. And that sound that makes me really excited. I love it. Yeah, dude, even the church, man, like you look at like the 90s and stuff, you know, the Toronto blessing was going on and whatnot. And one of the biggest um, things from that whole thing was people encountering the father's heart. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because that was a while ago, you sometimes still kind of run into the, you run into people who are like, well, that was then, you know, the revelation of father is still like probably more than ever you know, the most pressing thing that we all need is to really wow. walk in, believe and understand that. 
And uh, you and I were talking off the mic a bit about like, um, you know, games, movies and stuff and how like you can just cut right through with art. And uh, I'm so excited to hear you say that you're writing an album about that because there's so much garbage that people believe in and out of the church about the father. And I really believe that this work is going to just like jump past their defenses and just rewire what they know about father. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. He's been doing that with me so much, (laughs) honestly, like I don't know how many times I feel like the Lord has been taking me out on my back porch and having these conversations with me, father to son. And they're so kind and tenderhearted. Um, but honestly, just addressing things that I believe that are wrong and it's like correction, but it's like child training and, um, kindness. And I, I see his lovingness and, in, in, in it, in terms of him saying, Hey, you've been believing this lie. And it's like, it's, it's robbing you of, of things I want for you. It's robbing you of beautiful blessings. And I want to restore your soul. I want you to believe the truth because it sets you free and um you know just basically coming in and unwinding more of my heart that i didn't know needed unwinding and that that happens um sometimes it's just deeper like deeper levels of freedom that we've already experienced it's not just an on and off switch and sometimes it's just stuff that we somewhere kind of gathered along the way through an experience or through whatever it is that we're engaging that we started maybe thinking or believing something that wasn't quite from his heart. And so that's been happening with me so much and I love it. (laughs) Um, And it's just, yeah, it's a beautiful, amazing part. If not the richest part of our relationship with the Lord, the verse I'm reminded of is Jesus was like me and, you know, me and the father were one. And my desire is that you would experience the same oneness that me and my father have. You know, Jesus came to reveal one name, which was father. That, that name was not really revealed before Jesus. And he's the firstborn among many brethren. He's grafted us into um, sonship. You know, our, our spirits cry, Abba, Father. We've not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of, power, love, and a sound mind. And the, the, um, if you study out the, the word usage in that passage, it's, it's not actually adoption, it's sonship. And there's just, I don't know, there's something glorious and, uh, so grounding and heart tenderizing when you just with, uh, real affection, open up your heart to God as your loving Papa. Um, it's hard for me to, to distrust God. It's hard for a lie to come in about God's like, that's wrong about God. When I, when I just open up my heart and I start saying Papa, it's like just disarms every Mm, like silly belief (laughs) that's trying to come in to say that God's not good or for me. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so good, man. Um, do you want to sing for us a little bit? You said uh, <laughs> that the Lord gave you a, uh, a chorus and, uh, 
I normally ask guests on the show to pray for everybody listening, but I think in this case, it might just be more appropriate if uh, you would sing over us instead. I would love to do that. So maybe if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're able, if you're not driving on the road, if you could just sit back and and close your eyes and John Mark, I'm preaching, so you can be my uh, backup here with the, <laughs> with okay. the keys. Get the, there we go. Let's just take what John Mark said and put it into practice. If you want to just lay where you are, um, get somewhere comfortable and open your heart, open your hands to the Lord and just take a moment. And if you've never experienced the Lord as, as father in that deep way, just tell him even out loud, I'm willing. I'm willing. And especially if calling God Papa feels weird to you, I want you to just begin to let it out of your mouth. Papa, just say it to me, Papa. And uh, just take a moment and let John Mark begin to sing and impart this encounter over you. So take it away, John.
Close to 
Those have been the worship songs, honestly. And I just sit at the piano and just, I just kind of like flow. Yeah. And sing in tongues and sing in English and just have fun. Honestly, it's like playing like, like a child's, like a child plays, you know, um, on the playground, <laughs> but it's on the <laughs> piano. And, um, yeah, just that's just been what's been in my heart. A lot of times I find, what's in my heart just flows out. Um, and I like, you know, I'll, I'll sing a bunch of different melodies to try and find something that I really like that still happens. The song crafting part of it, yeah. but just songs of the, of the, the father's love has been pouring out. It's been so enjoyable to just sit in that. There's so much peace and like safety in sitting in that. It's like sitting in the, in the father's lap. And I like it. <laughs> if you haven't thought of a title for that one yet, um, I feel like How He Loves would be a good title for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, man, that was that was really awesome. Though. <laughs> I had this, uh, I was going into like a vision encounter as you we were singing. And uh, oh, wow. I, I saw myself, uh, I was on a, what do you, you know like in the movies where you're on a hilltop and there's a sunset and he was pushing me on a wooden mm-hmm. swing and it was just like uh, oh wow good dude i'll just stay here <laughs> yeah wow. that's sweet yeah good stuff man you have some new music coming out i'm actually uh gonna get my kickstarter rewards here pretty soon which i'm stoked about <laughs> love the new material you're putting out and uh but you're also your ministry is a lot more than that you're singing songs but you're also interacting daily on instagram i see you like um going back and forth with people praying with people so um if anyone is listening to this podcast and they want to actually connect with you um may not have encountered your music before and want to know more about you how can they follow you how can they get in touch yeah i only use one social media platform which is instagram like you said um, so that's a really good way to get um, really a look into my just personal life and see new stuff I'm releasing and things like that. My website, johnmarkpantana.com, has like a brief overview of my testimony. And um, my uh, like book is on there. You can see the link to my book and links to my music on my website. Awesome. And I will... Uh... Definitely put the links in the description for everybody so it's nice and easy so we don't have people accidentally visiting Carlos Santana's website. (laughs) (laughs) I would love that. You should put that link in there too. (laughs) Like you didn't sound Mexican on the podcast, but I get it. (laughs) Well, cool, man. Thank you so much. It has been an absolute treat talking with you and uh, we'll have to have you back so we can talk about musician stuff sometime. I never saw all the formulas I created. I know your heart is more than just a law pay the bills I want to walk inside the cool of the 